You're listening to Mr. Radio, and I'm your host, Marshall. Nick's Boogie to Nowhere, the last track on Uulation 2, Play It Loud, a recording session that never made it to vinyl, but featured some very prominent musicians, including today's guest, the soprano and alto sax player for this session, who has had a colorful and eclectic career as a woodwind player, playing across genre lines in varied venues around the globe. He has played jazz in Romania, Central and South America, Los Angeles, New York City, Africa, Europe, and Canada, blues clubs across the U.S., contemporary party music from Singapore to Barbados, classical music in the Big Apple, and he has shared the stage with such legends in entertainment as Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Passenger, Leonard Cohen, the New York Philharmonic, Bette Midler, Patti Page, The Temptations, Lou Rawls, Doc Severinsen, Queen Latifah, and many, many more. It is my honor and pleasure to introduce today's guest, Paul Ostermeyer. Welcome to our show, Paul. Thank you, Marshall. As I mentioned in uh, in the opening there, uh, Nick's Boogie to Nowhere, uh, that was uh, produced by... Uh, John Lee Krasnow, and he was the producer, and he also played baritone sax for Ululation. John often talked about the big band scene in Greenwich Village during the late 80s and early 90s. I know that you collaborated with uh, Bill Ginn and Rick yep. Wald, and early in your career you played with the Nash Hernandez Orchestra. Were you also <laughs> part of the uh, Greenwich Village big band scene? Oh, not so much. Um, when I was in New York in the late 80s, early 90s, um, I don't know. I think most of the big band playing I did was in rehearsal bands. So they weren't actually gigs, but uh, it's like the band was always rehearsing for a gig, <laughs> you know? So it was all of the top players that were, uh, you know, in the band as regulars. Um, as if it were a gig, and we'd have a big space we'd play in, and I would generally be subbing for someone else. And there were a few bands, the Joe Rocasano band was one of them, some really marvelous players that I met in that band. Um, gosh, I, don't, I haven't thought of this in a long time. <laughs> there were a few more. Uh, but I wouldn't say the big band scene was what I was mainly a part of, no. But but you did start out with big bands. I well sure you know as young players that's how we that's generally where we start. So um, when I got seriously into jazz for the first time, I was in college, and I was at the University of Texas in Austin. Um, the jazz ensemble was directed by a man named Dick Goodwin who since moved on to uh, South Carolina in Columbia. And uh, he was such a great guy and a uh, great mentor to me. And he, he really is responsible for me making a career in music. He told me that he thought I had what it took to succeed. And that's all I needed to hear. So I played in the big band at the University of Texas. That was my first experience with jazz. And yeah, as you say, early on, that is exactly the kind of experience I had. Well, I'm just curious about uh, the 
what a big band really is. Uh, I, is it the same as the big bands that in the early 1900s? Uh, uh, basically, uh, you mean like in the 1940s? Yeah. Swing band, the swing era? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, yeah. Basically, the instrumentation is very similar. Uh, you have three, four, sometimes five trumpets, uh, three, four trombones, um, and then the, the, the reeds are generally all saxophones. Often they will be doubling on clarinet or flute. Um, it's usually two altos, two tenors, and a baritone sax, and then the rhythm section. So it, it hasn't changed a lot since the early days. Well, I, I mentioned uh, in the intro that you worked with Rick Wald. Uh, right. And I'd like our listeners to hear a bit of the Rick Wald band playing, uh, is it Castaneda's Dreams? Castaneda's Dreams. Castaneda's yeah. Dreams, uh, which uh, Jack Bowers in his All About Jazz review of Castaneda's Dreams points to the almost 11-minute track, Mixed Clouds and Sun, saying it has a dreamy atmosphere in which Koshian, Stillman, tenor Paul Ostermeyer, trumpeteer Valerie Pomerev and trombonist Art Baron weave delicate patterns. That is only one of, I want to point out, that's only one of many acclaimed reviews for your musicianship. But before we listen, can, can you tell us a little bit about this piece? Um, well, the piece, not so much. Um, Rick Wald uh, wrote and arranged every piece on the album. Um, and I think this was his first album that he produced. Uh, I can just tell you that the musicianship on the band was stellar. Um, Lou Marini was sitting next to me playing a lead alto. Um, just you know, everyone in that band was, was an inspiration to work with. Uh, and the piece itself, I, I think... You'll, you'll hear the the part that I play uh, improvise over is actually a, a rubato intro to the actual song starting, and um, it gave me a lot of freedom and space with which to improv improvise my solo over, and I loved it. It was a challenge, and uh, I think it turned out pretty well. Well, why don't we take a listen to it and see what it sounds like? All right.
definitely agree that uh, you were uh, weaving some very delicate patterns there. <laughs> Thank you. Now, you mentioned that you improvised. I, I always thought big bands followed uh, notes by note, but there, there's well, imp improvisation in there. Oh, yeah, there's both. So it generally starts with written something written and is an ensemble thing that the entire band plays. And then it'll, it'll go into a section or two or so um, where chord changes are played that the soloist improvises on. That's what jazz improvisation is all about. And uh, so in, in a big band, you get both. Now, early uh, on in our program, I mentioned that uh, one of the uh, artists that you worked with was Leonard Cohen. Now, mm -hmm. when I think of Leonard Cohen, I think of poetry and folk mm -hmm. music, but obviously there's another genre, jazz. Jazz. You played with the jazz band Passenger from Austin, Texas, which also yeah. collaborated with Cohen. How, how did that come about? <laughs> we were, uh, we had a steady j gig at a club in Austin, um, and we played a lot of straight-ahead jazz music as well as our own originals which tended to be more uh, fusion jazz. Um, we, some of our, I guess, our influences were Weather Report, Chick Corea, Miles Davis, that kind of thing. Uh, so we went to L.A. to uh, try to get our own record deal. We had a manager helping us, and then also there was a engineer-slash-producer named Henry Louie out there who had worked with Joni Mitchell. And he, uh, someone in Austin knew him and sent him our tape. So he said, yeah, I think uh, we could do something with these guys, bring them out. So we, we actually had a, um, a showcase gig at the Lighthouse, which is kind of an esteemed establishment in, in the Los Angeles area. We played that night. Um, long story short, uh, we were heard by some people, um, and we ended up playing several gigs in, in Los Angeles. But it was Henry Louie that hooked us up with Leonard Cohen, because Henry was going to be working with Leonard on his upcoming album, and they were about to get started on it. Or maybe they had already started, I'm not sure. So I know Leonard was looking for players, and so Henry hooked us up with Leonard. We had been not just a jazz band, but we... We also recorded. We were in the recording studio a lot, uh, working on other people's music, on commercials. Um, the band was good at all styles of music. And so we, we fit right in with Leonard. He liked us. We loved him. It ended up being a match made in heaven. There are a couple of, uh, there's one live album of that, that group from that uh, next tour we did back in 1979. Now, you, you played at Buffalo Grill. Where, where yeah. was that? That's in Austin, Texas. That's in Austin. What, yeah. why, why don't we listen to uh, Passenger playing at right. Buffalo Grill, and they're playing one-note samba. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that before we start it? Well, that was uh, back 1980. That was after we had already started playing with Leonard. Um, and we were still a pretty young band, um, all in our 20s still. 
uh, and our, you know, you, a lot of energy in the band, you'll hear that, uh, and a lot of uh, expertise. I feel like I was still a work in progress. I was, you know, I still had a long way to go to hone my craft. But I think we did a pretty good job on this. And it was a club that we played often. We always had a big crowd in there. You'll hear they're very, very supportive. All right. Let's take a listen to One Note Samba. Thank you. 
I'm sure that people listening to this are going to say, where can I get my hands on that tune? Can you help them out? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, no, it's not available uh, <laughs> commercially or otherwise. I mean, it's actually kind of a uh, a bucket list of mine to put some of this stuff together and make it available. But, <laughs> you know, as crazy as it sounds, I know so many years have passed by. It, we, it just was never done. And, you know, this was a, just a recording. Someone brought a microphone to a gig. I have tons of this stuff. So it's not really something, I mean, there are bootlegs, and whoever recorded it perhaps has shared it with people, you know. Uh, but it, I guess it's not so easy to, uh, to answer your question <laughs> in a way that would satisfy anyone that, that wants to hear this. Well, all right. Uh, so they, they, In the future, perhaps, yes. Okay, so they can't get a copy of that, but uh, you mm -hmm. have other work that they can get a copy of. How, how will they do that? Well, hmm, you know, there's the Leonard Cohen stuff that I recommend. It's not that kind of jazz, but it's it's very high quality, and he is an amazing poet, singer, just person. Um, for people that don't know him, you probably have heard his song, Hallelujah. That has been covered and used in movies and TV a lot. Uh, I'm sure you've heard that. And all of his music is just astounding. Um, so there's there's the uh, Field Commander Cohen is the Leonard Cohen album that features us, Passenger, playing live on our first tour in Europe. I uh, would recommend that. And there's another Leonard Cohen album that I played on, and a couple of us from Passenger were on later in 1993. And that one's called Cohen Live. Both of them are, are wonderful. Um, one of the people we played with Leonard with was Jennifer Warnes, who is, was kind of a famous singer in her own right. She had a few pop hits out in the 80s, 70s. Um, she later did a cover of Leonard Cohen songs that I was involved in, and that is an amazing record and has been touted as one of the, the greatest uh, in a long time the, the sound quality was amazing for the time That was done in 1987 or 8 Something like that And that one is called Famous Blue Raincoat Which is the title of one of Leonard's songs So I would highly recommend that to anyone Very good, very good Well, I'm sure, that, I'm sure people will be Googling all of that uh, <laughs> There was another uh, venue you played Casa, was it Casa Karen? Oh, Casa Karen. That was uh, the home of uh, a wonderful jazz singer named Susie Stern, who um, I had played with m many, many times over many years. I, I have a lot of recordings with her also. Uh, you can look her up, Susie, S-U-Z-I, Stern. Uh, her recordings are wonderful. And that was in her home, and she and her husband had put a, wonderful grand piano in their home and did house concerts. So this is a house concert that I played in. I put the band together with my old friend, Mitch Watkins, who was the guitar player and passenger that you just heard. He and I with um, Scott Landingham on drums, 
uh, and oh God, I'm going to forget his name because <laughs> he was a guy that I hadn't worked with before on on the base. Um, I'll figure it out before. Um, this was in her house, and it was a house concert, and it was a song written by jazz saxophonist Bob Berg, and I always loved the song, and so we worked it up, and so this is basically the video, uh, uh, the audio from a video that my brother took of that concert. So this is Friday Night at the Cadillac. It is. Let's take a listen to Friday Night at the Cadillac.
Friday night at the Cadillac. Uh, you know, you mentioned you have a collection that you want to put out there that's uh, probably in, in a tape box somewhere that you have. I really hope you get around <laughs> to doing that. Uh, okay. <clears throat> I'd like to close out with another uh, track that never made it to vinyl. As far as I know, it only made it to my cassette tape. Uh, and, uh, and that's, again, with Ululation. And in 30 seconds or less, how did you meet John? How did you get involved with this band? Uh, we all were practicing in practice rooms at Charles Colon Publishing on West 53rd Street. And that's how we all met. Well, let's end up with uh, Nick's Boogie to Nowhere. But before we do, I, I want to say it has been a pleasure speaking with you. And I hope to hear more of your music in the near future. Well, the pleasure's mine, Marshall. Uh, let me say quickly, the, the, the bass player on that last thing was Pat Harris. And then go to SusieStern.com. And the two albums of hers that I play a lot of jazz on are Inside Stories and Seven Stars. We will do that. Thanks again. Thank you. And Marshall. have this a was fun. great rest of the year. Thanks. You've been listening to Mr. Radio, and I'm your host, Marshall. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Mr. Radio.